I know, uh, I know I'm not very good at explaining myself sometimes. And you, you go again. <laughs> you go again. Come on. All right. Joe, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too. And um, the first thing that we can talk about directly in, in all of this is how critical we are of ourselves. Yeah. And you just showed me twice in a row your criticism of yourself. Okay. That you're then this is what we need to work on a little bit. Okay. Is the the fact that when you catch the mind wandering away, you don't like it. And well, so I wouldn't say trying to fix that. I wouldn't say that I don't that I don't like it because I mean I realize that that's just what's going to happen. I mean, that's that's just how it is. That's, and oh, okay. And, and it's right. and it's and it's and okay. It's what? Go and ahead, it's, I'm listening. No, and I I mean, I I do tell myself, "Oh, it's okay. This is just how it is." And uh I I mean, I'm I don't I don't think at that point that I'm very critical of it because I mean, at this point, I mean, I've been catching my mind wandering for years okay. now. So well, then what's what's the question again so, so the question so the question is more uh like there's there's something there's a point of contact that comes uh when your mind is wandering something happens that causes mm -hmm. this but what is the like point of contact that happens uh in order to catch that point of contact does that make sense uh yes because it almost felt like it almost felt like there was nothing like nothing there it felt like yeah well we need to build something there and what we need to build there is the skill yeah of sati yes sati is a skill to be developed okay yeah. then in fact that's through throughout the anapada sati sutta thus one trains oneself yeah okay and so uh, there's many different ways of training oneself, but the clear and obvious answer right from the get-go is, is that mindfulness to make sure that this is an in-breath and mindfulness to make sure that this is an out-breath then is in fact that establishing over and over again to be here in the present moment. Okay that that's a way of thinking about it uh, to remember. But what we're going to remember is, is to kind of be in the senses anyway. Okay, and that the breath is just part of the sensory system that we're in that we can experience in this present moment, as opposed to talking to ourselves about it. Right. Okay, but we do a kind of a running dialogue about stuff all the time anyway. And that uh, that running dialogue is, uh, you can think of it as your friend, that you're actually kind of explaining to yourself what you understand to be correct. That there's a lot of it. That's, in fact, the reestablishment of insight. Yeah, okay. 
So it's like you're changing the internal dialogue. Like that's that's the whole idea, basically, uh, is that you're changing the whole the internal dialogue from being critical and uh, to something that's a little bit more wholesome. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And and so um, merely denying that uh, that it was uncomfortable for you. You had to talk. You had to tell how you were trying to talk yourself out of it being uncomfortable. Did you notice that? Yeah. Okay. So this is the whole way is is that we're not going to find the resting point in the middle until we explore the whole show or both it, both sides and the decide that you haven't explored yet is the is the part of the joy and the joy <clears throat> there's many different ways of talking about this but it's you you keep coming back and re-nurturing and reassuring yourselves and yes i hear a bird and then i tell myself a story and that's okay that yeah. you're beginning to keep track of what's going on but you're doing it in a loving and kind way yeah and um uh, you've heard me say this before, but I had an idea the other day with uh, Keyshawn, and it struck a bell for him, and it did also for Robert. And that's an old song that was popular out of the 1960s and 70s by Simon and Garfunkel. And the name of it uh, was The Sound of Silence, but the lyrics go, Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk to you again. Now, here we're not necessarily talking about darkness in the sense that you got the lights turned off and you got the door closed and you've got solitude. We're not talking about it in that way. We're talking about it in the way of any kind of thought forms that you have that you would see as a dark side. You can welcome that too. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk to you again. And you're doing it on a moment by moment level, but you can also think of it from time to time uh, in the sense that a guy has got a girl on his mind. And then he doesn't have her on his mind for a while and you think he's free from her. And then all of a sudden he's thinking about her again. Okay. And to now he can look at that is hello, darkness, my old friend. Those old thoughts have come back and I'm here to talk to you again about it. Okay. And we can do it in that kind of lyrical, um, uplifting, spiritual way that we're beginning to see what's going on, and that's okay. That it really is okay because we're all friends here. But the other side of it is, um, uh, do you know Al Sharpton? Yeah. Okay. He's got a show that often he ends it with the word gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's the way that we want to talk about it also is gotcha. Or the Buddha's words were, uh, aha, I see you, Myra. And that here we have another one is, hello, darkness, my old friend. And that's the kind of way of beginning to understand it that, uh, uh, let see, you are seeing something in the mind, 
And then you don't like it and want it to change it and make it better. Rather than recognizing, oh, that's the way that the mind works. And you want to keep watching how the mind works. Yeah. And this is why we build the sati, because in fact, you had sati there, but it wasn't high enough quality sati so that you went right back into the hindrance of, oh, I should be better than this. I, I don't think, no, I don't think I was doing that though, because like the way that it happened at, at that particular moment was I had this thought and then I had this thought about sati and then I said, oh, never mind. You don't have to think about that now either. You can drop it mm -hmm. and you can ask Damarado later about it. <laughs> and and, and okay. then I went back and then I went back to it and it was quite a pleasant time. Uh, and I mean, like when I'm, when I'm sitting or laying down now, I'm getting quite long periods of like blankness though. And I'm just kind of sitting there and, uh, it's just kind of pleasant. And the, 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 I think the main hindrance that I'm having now is kind of like, how long can I do this for? Like I can sit there for a couple hours or lay there for a few hours and then I'm like, wait a minute should i should i like get up and go get something to eat or something or like and that and that becomes the main hindrance yeah that's the hindrance that becomes that the main hindrance up. i know yeah before you're just saying hey you're just hanging out yeah you're learning to hang out congratulations but when those thoughts come up recognize those thoughts also as hindrances to hanging out yeah That we don't have any anything on mind just to sitting and enjoying it. This is uh, a very relaxed, calm state. So um, begin to experience that and begin to experience that you can keep it going in the sense that you don't have thoughts of sandwiches come up that's going to disturb that state of mind. And when thoughts of sandwiches do come up, it's hello, darkness, my old friend. I've seen you before. <laughs> and you're not going to bug me right now. I'm having too much fun doing nothing at all. So that's that's the approach in that regard. Is to start recognizing any thought about what's not happening in this present moment is not already fulfilling right here, right now. For instance, wanting food, you got to get up and go get that. It's getting kind of to the point where almost everything seems pointless. Like, like I've had this feeling before, uh, not not in a bad way, pointless, but just kind of like it doesn't really matter if it if it happens or if it doesn't happen. It kind of just is whatever. That's way. exactly right. And this, for some people, brings on an existential crisis. I've had and this for start, a while, so it, it it's not really uh, that much of a yeah, crisis. Yeah, been there, it, done that, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of years, well, a couple of years ago, it was a crisis when I was like, "Oh no, my identity is getting like, what what am I if I'm not this and not this?" And but now I'm kind of like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> yeah, and and then the next one is, is, well, what's the point? What's the meaning of life? 
And the answer is to that is, is that you put whatever meaning on it that you right. want to. And yeah. the less often you do that, the better off you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I've and kind so of it had, doesn't really have uh, to have any meaning. What we really need is security and safety. The feeling of everything is comfortable yeah. and easy. That's the way of going. Okay. It's just the feeling of, of everything's okay, everything is easy. You keep playing with that over and over again. Then when little stories come, that's okay. The question is, is can you come back to the present moment and take a deep breath? That in fact, you could, um, they've, they've said this for so many times and in so many ways, but we can think of the breathing itself as an anchor that even if it didn't have any other benefit other than using it as an anchor for mindfulness, that it would serve its purposes just for that reason alone, just as an anchor. Just remember to take a deep breath. That's all we need to do. Okay. But then that drags in all of this other stuff, like number one comes in, a bit of investigation, which you're pretty good at. And then the next one, which is the really difficult for most people, is the right effort. Because once we reel that crap in and we see what <laughs> mess this is, <laughs> and we don't want to actually deal with it by throwing it back out. And so once we get good at doing that, which is, that's, that is in fact the point that every student struggles with on every possible level. And that is the, the, the getting the right effort out. Okay. The, the seeing the wisdom or the seeing it in the sense of seeing what there is that's in the mind, is this dangerous or not? Okay, so what we can say, the Buddha talks about it like this. We see gratification, then we see the danger, and then the escape. This is actually in several sutras over and over again, that sequence. And that we do most of the things that we do out of habit because that's the easy way out. So we get gratification in the sense that it doesn't take any effort to sit here and feel bad. <laughs> but in fact, I like it. Poor me. Plot my revenge. Yeah. Feel good <laughs> about it. Okay. This yeah. is, and we get great gratification out of that, not recognizing the dangers in it. Yeah. And the dangers uh, partly is, is that, hey, I can be in better state than this. Right. Why am I taking gratification in such low, mean places when I could actually take better gratification out of thinking that I am free from those kind of thoughts? So. Once we see the danger in anything, then we can, in fact, find the effort to make the escape. But the first thing is sati. The second thing is to see what it is for sure to make sure is this okay or does this have dangerous aspects to it? 
that's the question that we can have in the sense of wholesome or unwholesome is one way of expressing it. But an easy way for us to understand it in English is, does it potentially carry danger? And if so, what are the trade-offs? Almost in the sense that we need to be able to, uh, let us say, with wisdom, mindfully, quickly, make a cost-benefit analysis over what's happening in this present moment. That would be the way of thinking about it. So what is the least dangerous way? Well, naturally, just relaxing and sitting and doing nothing is almost always the safest, most relaxed, easiest way of doing things. <laughs> you just do nothing at all. That may not be the case. You don't want to do that while sitting on a railroad track when the train comes. <laughs> Sometimes we need to listen. But always, in fact, not only just sometimes, but that's also one of the qualities of the, of the practices, even opening the ear door and start listening to things. That in fact, um, many meditation um, uh, situations occur around noise in the retreat hall. Because everybody wants it quiet. Everybody's supposed to be, you know, I mean, talk about a library being quiet. Libraries are noisy compared to the way it's supposed to be in a meditation hall. Right. <laughs> right. Which means anytime you, uh, one person coughs and a hundred people jump. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What does that mean? That means that they were all in space world rather than in their senses in the here now. Okay. When we are present in the here now, then when we get information coming into the senses, we joyfully receive it rather than get surprised by it. So this is a part of being awake and staying awake is to be in the present moment and stay in the present moment and not let the mind wander into stories. But it's very difficult that that happens. You hear a bird and you tell yourself a story about it. Yeah. Fine. How long does that story go? And well, does that story turn into a dead bird that you once felt bad over? <laughs> and then a dead girl you felt bad over. And <laughs> right. Now... <laughs> and then it leads to, yeah. But I find, I find it really interesting to track what leads to what and what leads to It's really interesting to see, like, Okay, it's I started off thinking this and then this and then all of a sudden I ended up here and then I I, I just think oh, never mind it doesn't it doesn't matter start start again, uh, but it's kind of interesting to see, wow this is crazy that it starts off it can be the smallest little whatever, and then all of a sudden it leads to something uh, something crazy uh, off there yeah. And and sometimes it's not a sound. Sometimes I, I I I try to track it, and I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, there was nothing that happened, and I really like I get this sort of game I play with myself where I'm like, all right, this time we're gonna do a really good job, and we're gonna see how long we can do this. And so I I maintain it, my mindfulness for a while, and then uh, inevitably it goes away again like it does and absolutely yes it does but that's not the issue the issue no, is can you remember 
to come to back. To come back joyfully when you yeah. when you do wake up. Yeah. So we've got a two two way street going here. The first thing is is that we're going to now attach the mind in a new way to the breath. In the sense that you're going to <clears throat> kind of like play a game in your mind to get this set up, okay, or to set in, I guess. One of the expressions that you perhaps have heard is to practice like your hair is on fire. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Right. I didn't even have to ask you because I could see you. Yeah, I've heard that before. Well, <laughs> well, what does that mean? Because uh, beside the joke, <laughs> I mean, I've been practicing like my hair was on fire. And so until there's no more hair. <laughs> but we can think of that also as the breath. Uh, so the game that we can play is, is that the automatic part of the mind that does the breathing needs a rest because it's sick and tired of doing all the work all of these years and you want to make him a friend. Which means that we're going to start remembering and paying attention to the fact that we might die if we don't remember to breathe. Because it's up to us now, because we're going to let that part of the mind go to sleep and take a rest. Finally. I mean, it's been running long haul, keeping you alive by breathing all the time, all the time. And you just forget about it altogether. So we can make part of that part of the mind there is a good friend for us. And so we're going to let him go take a rest for a while. And so now it's up to us to remember when we're breathing to do so. Okay. And this is the reason that I'm talking about it as being an anchor. I mean, this is the answer to your original question. How can you find sati? The answer is, is that we're going to actually make this a task. Yeah. So that we're going to breathe consciously. Because that is how we get into Anapanasati is through by breathing in and out, we create the sati that we're now going to be using for all of the gathering of the factors of jhana. So we need to be here now, and the way to do that is by using the breath to wake up so that we can pay attention to what the mind is doing and paying attention, but we're doing that paying attention literally on that next deep in-breath. And so we're focusing more mind moments on the breathing as well as paying attention to the thoughts that we had, because it's actually quite easy to interrupt the thoughts by consciously taking a deep breath. Because now you're paying attention to the breathing. And the best you could do about those thoughts that you just had is kind of recollect them or re kind of remember them because they're not that far in the distant past, but they'll float away very quickly if you keep watching the breath. Because they're not really important. 
I mean, that's the one thing that we kind of understand is, is that the monkey mind, every mind moment that there is there, none of them are really important because there's just so many of them, one after another, after another. Anyway, why don't we just enjoy this one? And so all of those old thoughts can just float away. And one of the thoughts then that we're going to have is, wow, I'm glad all of that stuff's gone. <laughs> which is the brightening of the mind. Okay, so this is kind of a way of looking at it is, yes, we are going to actually firmly attach our ideas that the right way to practice is, is that I'm going to remember my breathing as if it were life giving itself and that if I forgot to breathe, I'd die. And so you start watching for the breath. You want to make sure that you're working on it and so that you can empty it out completely, knowing that you're emptying it out completely because you have full control over the breathing. And then later, you can wait and then take an in-breath. And so it becomes a game to play, a toy to play with. Allow yourself to get lightheaded by playing with it. That lightheadedness is in fact meaning that the body is getting oxygenated. The mind is getting oxygenated. Because we're intentionally breathing in and then holding it and letting it out and breathing in a great big one, you know, and just getting it all energized and everything. It's a toy. But it's slower than it normally would be. And it's not shallow like it normally is. That in fact, one of the ways of talking about it is that if we were very active, like running through the jungle on the hunt, we would be breathing naturally. But in our society, normal breathing is much less than that. And so we could uh, think of that we're going to start training the habit of remembering to breathe naturally and stop breathing normally. <laughs> and that is life-giving, is sustaining. Sometimes after a while, my breath feels like it's not there and I my mind kind of freaks out that I'm going to like die or something. <laughs> but I, I mean, I like usually what happens is, is that uh, then I have to reassure myself, of course, you're not going to die. <laughs> like, you're, you don't have to reassure to yourself with anything other than a really nice, deep, right. long in-breath. <laughs> That's it. That time to do it. Okay, so when it becomes really, really subtle, it's okay to take a really deep breath at that point. And Absolutely. Yes, yeah. take okay. control of it and go back to that deep breathing again. Yes, it's very, okay. it's very common for it to get very, very shallow. Yeah, well, it's not shallow. It's just like, it's just almost like it's not there. It's like that's what yeah. I. That's the definition of shallow. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. I thought you because shallow. I thought you meant like, like kind of, like short. I guess that would be short. Yeah. <laughs> those. Yeah. Okay. Like you were running. Right. Okay. Okay. That's not shallow. 
that in fact people don't even like that kind of breathing and so they talk about catching their breath let me catch my breath <gasps> which is actually conscious breathing when you sit and do it this is actually anapanasati step two is to consciously take long deep breaths but we do it uh quickly so that it's a short breath but it's not a shallow breath shallow breath is the kind of breathing that we do absent-mindedly okay or on automatic and so what you can do is start playing with and in fact whenever you're talking that's a good time to watch what you're doing when you're talking but if you've I've, been a musician you know about that too okay, yeah i played clarinet so yeah, so start thinking about again the phrasing of your uh, talking with your breath, so that you can take control of your breathing and have and do mindfulness of breathing while talking. Yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting how to talk sometimes too because, like, I'm not talking to so many people and I'm just talking to you. So sometimes. Like I'm so I like like at the beginning I noticed I'm so excited because I haven't talked to anybody or like you know but yeah, it's just okay well these are all skills this goes back to the same question that you asked because number one we're going to start breaking sati the skill that you want to learn to develop yeah. the way to do it is tie it to the breath. And then tie it really strongly intentionally to the breath. Okay. This is the Sama Sankapa. This is, in fact, the um, uh, the attitude of I can take control over the breathing. And so that's we we begin to make that as the point of sati. Yes, I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember. So that's the kind of way of practicing like your hair is on fire is practicing like if you don't breathe intentionally, you're going to die. And that helps uh, that kind of mindset. But uh, another way that's kind of subtly different than that that I can introduce, and that is, is that, hey, let's take a breath because it's really life giving. Now, that's the way of really looking at it. It's rather than, oh, if I don't do it, I'll die. That sounds like some misery trip. Again. Yeah. So let's yeah. take it and lighten it up into, wow, this next breath is really marvelous. That, it, that for the Christians at this stage, we would talk about as I breathe in, I breathe in God. Yeah. I got now, nothing else but God to breathe. I mean, this is it. All of reality keeps coming in. It just nourishes me on the inside. Takes away all my crap and lets me breathe out. I can relax. Okay. So this is the part about it that's Anapanasati is because now we're going to actually use this as an anchor. I've talked to many students about it, but I've never put the intensity that it actually could be useful for you. Because this is how you do it. This is how you develop sati by taking breath, taking it. 
seizing it as your object. Every in-breath, you seize it again. Sometimes I feel like I've like wasted a lot of breaths <laughs> in my life. Well, that's it's okay because like, I mean, so what good. I it feels so good that I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have just been doing this. Like, oh God. It's so much more pleasant. It's such a more pleasant way of like feeling. But <laughs> but then I just wonder, is that all that it is? Is it just pleasant? And I guess it doesn't matter, but what yeah. else? I mean, so you want it, that's how it is and unpleasant? Or you want that how it is and it's pleasant? It's up to you. <laughs> Your choice. <laughs> right, I know. But we have to remember to take that choice. And so using the breathing to do that is exactly the teaching of the Buddha. Is let's use the breath to build sati so that we can remember then to take a look at what's going on. And then cheer it right up. I guess I you could you say it over like and over again. Over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again. That's it's got to be repeated over and over and over again. Otherwise, you're going to die. Right. <laughs> yeah, within two minutes, you're going to die. <laughs> Unless you're skilled at holding your breath for two minutes, and sometimes clarinet players can do that. I've never seen one go for 120 seconds, but I've seen clarinet players beat a trumpet player easy. <laughs> They're jealous. Trumpet players, the best they can do is about 70 seconds, but I've seen clarinet players go well past 90. But 120, I don't think so. <laughs> we used to play that game all the time. I mean, that was like a, a, a contest at, at several of the places I've been. You probably have played that game too. Yeah, yeah, who can hold the note the longest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who can make the highest note. That's the other game, too. With, but the current is tend to squeak when you get too yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a game, then, to keep playing with your breathing over and over and over again. If you do that, that's going to be the trigger for sati to be here now. You cannot play with your breath last month's breath. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to play with it right now. So that's the one thing that brings us right into the here now is the breath. Once we get into the here now, now there's a whole bunch of stuff to do, including the investigating, the brightening the mind, they really in, enjoying the pleasant moment, the present moment. That's the Freudian slip I like. <laughs> what did you say? In this pleasant moment. Ah, pleasant moment. So the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this pleasant moment, right. Just enjoy the moment. That's where, uh, what else could we do with this moment other than just enjoy it with our senses open? One, one that I like is uh, ki kindfulness. Uh, who is it? Ajahn Brahm has that one that he says all the time. But he's like, uh, embrace yourself with kindfulness. Mm -hmm. Like saying instead of mindfulness. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just it just reminded me the Freudian slip thing. 
Precisely so. So that's the teaching is just enjoy your life. I mean, you have been dedicated your life to somebody else's laws, rules, rituals, your whole yeah. life. <clears throat> and now you can just sit and enjoy your life. But you got to learn how to do that. Yeah. And the way you do that is by remembering to do it. And the way you remember to do it is remember that if you don't breathe, you're going to die. And so enjoy this next breath. It's life giving. I mean, it really does feel good to breathe in. The air is sweet. I, I suppose that that would be true in the sense that if people lived in a city and they started doing Anapanasati, they want to move out to the country. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the air here on the island is just so nice and so sweet. Just a teeny, teeny hint of salt. But we're 50 yards from the ocean, but we've got ocean all around. So there's just a bit of salt in the air, but not, not enough to take unless you're really looking for it. And the barometric pressure goes up and down, which is very interesting with the, with the air. So the air is actually quite a trip to play with, whether we're breathing it in or just playing with it naturally. It's just all around us. And so beginning to play with the atmosphere, because we live in this soup, and we generally don't pay attention to the air around us. Only generally yes. when there's something so wrong with it that it's obnoxious and we don't like it, and then we pay attention to it rather than paying attention to it because it's just so nice. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, winter time. It's winter time here, and there's this crisp crispness to the air. Uh, yeah, here. that's so awesome. Great. I really like that like, crisp in the air. Uh, there's something when you get that first really cold day, like oh man, I, it's like. I, I, I can't describe it. People who don't like winter, I, I, I'm always like, oh, you just don't understand, like, the, ah, oh, that breathing in when you walk out the door and just the cold just, ah, oh, lights, lights you up. I don't know. <laughs> lights you right but, up. Yeah. I'm a northerner, so that's just, yeah, how it is. <laughs> no, it's the attitude, though. And you can take that attitude up north and you can take that attitude down south. You can take it to the island. You can take it to the city. You can take it wherever you want to because you've got control right. of your own breathing. That's the way to look at it is that once you can control your breathing, then you can control your whole life. But in fact, if you don't consciously breathe, you will die mentally mm. and go back into the past, yeah, off to the future, or someplace else other than being here now. So put that on it too. And now you got some real reason to play that game of if you don't watch your breath, you're going to die because you will. <laughs> <laughs> But guess what? You can come back alive anytime you remember. Right. So don't worry about it so much. Just be right. here now as many times as you can. And when you do, enjoy the heck out of it. Instead of ponder over why I wasn't here before now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I love that. It's always waiting for you. Like, it, that's such a beautiful feeling that it's always forgiving. It's always there. 
it's just waiting, you know. Um, yeah, that's one thing I've, I've always really enjoy about it is that the whole it's not it's not a game you can lose because you know it's. I just have to remember you that you could set the rules to the game. That's the part that most people don't understand. That's the part that most people don't understand. The Buddha calls that. That's a big deal in the teaching of the Buddha, but it's not really recognized very well for in Western Buddhism. The Pali term is Sila Bhatta Paramasa, which means that it's instinctual through our nesting instinct that we attach to rites, rules, and rituals. This is one of the four modes of clinging that the Buddha talks about. And those four modes of cleaning really line up very well with the four instincts. I've talked about that to many students. So this instinct of the of the nest, if you're going to stay in the nest, you've got to follow the rules of the nest. And if you take over the nest, you've got to keep the rules or the people in the nest will throw you out of your boss's position. And so... Once tradition goes, that's the set of rules and everybody's got to go by them without anybody thinking about them at all. Right. And the young snot-nosed kids is smart and all of that, and he can go uh, see through it. He tries to talk the rest of the tribe into it. They don't want to have anything to do with it because they're so tradition-bound, right? You yeah. can see that so natural. Okay, well, we play that same game within ourselves, and and each one of us attached to naturally a set of rules. And you've been following those guidelines. You've been following those rules, and because of that, not just you personally, Joe, but I mean everybody. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but but right now we're talking about Joe is following a set of rules. That's also known on the other side of it as destiny, providence, or God's plan for you. Yes, that is God's plan for you. And he gave you that plan in the form of all of the rules, orders, rituals, ways of doing things, what you think that society expects from you, et cetera, like that. And you've been following God's plan. And guess what? Now you're recognizing, yeah, you have been, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to stop following God's plan and start following our own plan. And our own plan is, I'm just going to relax. I don't got no plan to do. I got no plan. <laughs> That's the thing. Let's have no plan. We do not have to follow God's plan, but why pick up a new one? <laughs> right. We set down old bad habits and we don't pick up new ones. Well, that God that we're talking about here is actually what we think of as children uh, as the authority figures. And so we learn it from authority. And in the big sense, the big authority is, is God. But really, no, it's just the repetition of the same old rules system that people have been following all along rather than recognizing you drop all the rules. Yeah. Let's have one new rule. Duca, Duca Naroda. And we're going to side on Duca Naroda. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put an end to those rules and put an end to all of the suffering that comes along with doing it the way you were told to do it. And take a deep breath and just relax.
So that's the way they look at it, Joe, is just throw the stuff out because it's it's not your rule anyway. Your new rule is I'm going to watch my breath or I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> and treat that very joyfully because it's a silly joke. But yeah, it's yeah. also a deep <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'm definitely going to carry that with me. There was something that clicked there for sure uh, about I, something that you said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I hope you can remember to breathe. Otherwise, I might not ever do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's so good. I mean, I like it just to sit here and just breathe. It's just... So, enjoy your next breath. Okay. Thank you. Let's see. <laughs>